everyone, and thank you for listening to Brain Foods, the podcast on women change makers. I'm your host, Hannah Becker, and today I have the great pleasure to introduce you to Tulaika. It's a, such a pleasure to have you today on the Brain Foods Season 2 podcast. We will continue to detangle the challenges of the 21st century and portray women change makers that use tech, finance, and emotional intelligence to shape an economy of well being. Thank you for joining us today, Lytha, and welcome to the Brain Fruits Podcast. Well, thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here. Lytha, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your startup trajectory to date? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you know, I have to say, when I uh, when I went to school, when I got going, uh, there there wasn't really a notion of being a, a startup leader or or being in startups at all. Uh, it was uh, it was just not part of the landscape at that time. So I, I studied journalism, of course. Uh, but uh, the uh, the industry, of course, grew up as as my career grew up, and so I was I was really lucky uh, to be in the right place at the right time at a lot of different companies. Um, um, and was able to uh, make good use of a lot of different uh, opportunities uh, as they came along. So uh, these days I'm, I'm kind of a digital strategy leader here in Berlin. Um, I have the opportunity then to give back to the environment. I do a lot of mentoring of, of startups here. And uh, of course, I've, uh, I've established a couple of, of different companies. So the company that I'm currently um, working with and for is Finmarie. And uh, that is you know, the first real financial platform that was created here in Germany uh, by and for women. And uh, yeah, we are really working to help women uh, begin their journey in investment and, and financial strength. And so, yeah, I think, I think if there's a thread through my career, it's that I, I feel like with each step I've taken, I, I have been able to get closer and closer to things that feel really vital uh, to, to me. I think when you're starting your career, of course, you take whatever comes your way in some cases. But um, I think as you get a little further along in your career, you can say, okay, well, you know, what, um, what makes a difference in the world? What makes a difference in people's lives? And, uh, and I want to be there for that, because that's, that's the really exciting stuff to me. And that's why it's so great to have you exactly on the Brain Foods podcast today. And to just add on, I mean, Lytha is not only um, the founder of Finmarie, which is like a first online investment solution made by women for women in Europe. Um, she has really, I must say, you have such an um, impressive trajectory. You've been a co-founder also of um, the startup Super um, GmbH, as well as Mind the Gap. That's mm-hmm. some non-profit community organization mm-hmm. focused on financial equality for women. You've worked uh, your way through the problem of financial inequality. Now, I would love to hear from you. With Finmayuri, you focus a lot on confidence in helping women to learn how to invest. Mm-hmm. We can see that confidence is something that pops up a lot at the moment in yep. the startup world, in the fintech world, really, to say. Yeah, yeah. Lack of confidence is impeding women's financial literacy. Why do women lack confidence when it comes to money? Well, I, I think it's, it's multifaceted, right? Like with, with everything that is complicated, it is multifaceted. I think, you know, I was reading, I was reading an article actually in Forbes just recently about how women 
tend to be really courageous uh, more than they tend to be confident. And um, some of the reasons behind that were, of course, um, there are messages that, that women get from an early age, um, that it's better to uh, to get along with others than to be bold, um, that it is, uh, it is not um, it is not something that uh, women should be expected in the world to be, you know, the strongest uh, members of, of any given community. So uh, I think I think we we get a lot of um, we get a lot of messaging that is subtle um, and and that we absorb over time, and then we we give it back to ourselves and to each other. Uh, you know, I I think you you can now see a lot of uh, messaging. Uh, to, to women that, you know, okay, just, just be confident. I mean, there's some, there's some techniques and tr uh, tricks that people have things like, like, okay, uh, give yourself mantras, you know, to, to uh, help to, to boost your confidence. But, you know, uh, confidence, um, of course, comes uh, outside of you from, from without and from within. And so um, it's, it's one of these things rather like trust, you know, when you have trust in another person, this is a long multi-year process of developing that. And it's, it's the same with confidence. It's a, it's a long process to develop yeah, that and, and a quick one to break it down, just like trust, you know? And, and so, um, when it comes to finances, um, you know, I, I think women also get a lot of messaging that they um, they shouldn't be or um, don't don't need to be uh, masters of uh, of finance. But um, but it's interesting when I uh, when I spent some time in Lithuania, um, you know, a lot of the women there were like uh, you know working in uh, in banking, and I said, why are there so many women in banking in Lithuania? And they said, well of course, women are, are wonderful with numbers, you know, and women, <laughs> women, of course, are, are, you know, it was, it was a, a natural assumption in that environment and some other environments that, yeah. uh, that, of course, uh, finance is the domain of women. Um, but yeah, I think not everybody gets that messaging. Not everybody uh, believes it in themselves. Um, and they reject uh, the everyday evidence that they have that, you know, they have these capabilities. Um, and, yeah, I mean, one of the things that I've also seen through uh, Mind the Gap is that uh, women, when approached with the right messaging, are are very curious and they're very uh, eager to learn and they're very eager to dive into it. But I think there um, there's a lot of messaging out there um, that is just uh, off-putting, uh, and yeah. and some of it is it's, just. It's, it's it's yeah totally it's as you say it is like the internal component but it's yeah. also the external component yeah, yeah, that builds absolutely. a lot of confidence i think there's a very interesting paper that came out recently a new research that's called like fearless women and it focuses on why is it that women participate less in the stock market and mm. it finds that it's not only financial literacy that is one of the factors that explains um the lack of participation in the stock market is also confidence. So it's quite yep. interesting that it correlates so much with the participation. Yeah. And we can see that like when it's, it's as you say, like it's, it's so much about the environment as well. Mm -hmm. What's very interesting is researchers had a couple of questionnaires and when they left out the option of, um, I don't know, the I don't know option that you mm -hmm. usually get to answer a specific question when it comes to financial knowledge then women often actually do know 
So I think that tells you a lot about that. Oh, we maybe often like sometimes it could happen that we might think, oh, I actually don't know for whatever reason. And then if we're forced to kind of yeah. do know, we actually do know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Somebody forces your hand and says, ah, you actually do have a better hand than you were revealing, you know. And and that's yeah. I think I think that you know if if women are given the opportunity, they shine. I mean, this, this is what we've seen in our research as well, is that when women become investors, they're, they're wonderful investors. You know, they, um, they are not as um, prone to drop a stock just because they get spooked about something. Um, yeah. And this is, um, this is one of the things that, um, you know, for example, if you, if you follow somebody like uh, Warren Buffett, uh, he'll, he'll say, you know, follow an index fund, you know, buy and hold, just, uh, you know, do your uh, dollar cost averaging and, um, and go for the long term. Um, and, and women do tend to, uh, to do that and to uh, invest in a way that is um, in line with um, a really good rate of return at the end of the day. Um, they, they don't tend to be day traders. <laughs> they don't tend to be um, the, the people who are doing, you know, really risky uh, kinds of investments. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, if, uh, if, if I had my way in the world, I, I would say that, you know, women should be in charge of banking across the world. I think <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have had, you know, the, the banking crisis that we did. Um, interesting if you say that. It's, yeah. it's, it, it, it would have been an interesting, uh, you know, comparison if we could do an AB. <laughs> but of course, you can't go back in time. Yeah, I hope at some point in time, if we can go back in time, it would be kind of lovely to be able to do a hypothetical A-B testing here. <laughs> okay, from the survey that we see, with participation of women in the stock market is not as we would like it to be, mm. um, partially explained by financial literacy, partially explained by confidence. Yep. Interesting yep. enough, confidence among women in, when it comes to financial matters is not very different across the world. So it doesn't really matter if these type of questions are posed in rich or poor countries, the level of confidence is equally low among women when it comes to financial matters. Now, in Germany, it's still one of those countries, of course, doing much better in comparison than some other EU countries, but mm -hmm. there is still a gender gap in financial interest oh, well in, in Germany. What is behind that? Well, so across Germany, just uh, in general, uh, Germans are great savers. They're um, they're not exactly wild about investing, and and I think I think some of that has to do with um, with education and you know a, a lack of knowledge about uh, uh, the difference between inflation, <laughs> which which affects uh, savings, and um, you know compound interest, which uh, is the uh, the magic behind uh, investing in something. But you know the I think with women, um, when it comes to uh, investment, you, you have a couple things going on specifically for Germany. One is um, an interesting and a unique angle that I've uh, heard since actually having moved here, um, which is uh, if you grew up in the East, if, you're, if your family grew up in the East, um, a lot of times, uh, you know, money is not something you talk about. It's not something mm -hmm. that you focus on and it's, it's considered, um, you know, not um, not not socially appropriate um, to even have a desire uh, to to talk about that. So um, it's yeah, the, because then you're so greedy, right? Like yeah, you yeah, you're greedy. Yeah, you're greedy. hoarding. You're mm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the the notion that 
um, you know, you're, you're trying to set the old lady that you will be in the future up for, uh, for success so that she doesn't have to like, collect bottles at the corner uh, and, and turn them in for a fund. That's, um, that's not part of the conversation or the fact that, you know, women really do need um, financial backup so that they can step out of bad situations when they have them in their lives, you know, uh, or, or for example, um, you know, there, I, I had a friend who, who refers to it as, as, um, you know, the, the, the fuck off fund, excuse my language, but like she, um, <laughs> she said that like, sometimes you, you need to walk away from a job for some reason, or you need to walk away from a relationship. And if you don't have the financial backing to do that, um, it reduces your life options. But getting back to um, getting back to the investment notion, um, a lot of um, a lot of people in Germany are from childhood told that you know saving is the way, save, save, save. Um, but uh, that second part of the conversation about you know when you have enough in an emergency fund, it's time to move it into uh, an investment uh, because your cash is actually um, really threatened over time by yeah. inflation. And and I think you know that's that's a really important topic for today because we're seeing inflation at uh, at a high rate now and uh, you know the the economists that I've spoken with just recently have an expectation that uh, inflation is going to continue and and could linger for for quite some time this could be an issue um, and when uh, when inflation comes around uh, your cash is not safe um, so ah. your your safety cushion um, it's liquid. It's right there for you. You know, it, should you need to uh, to escape a bad situation, it's it's got your back. But you don't want to keep um, your entire nest egg um, in in a cash situation. It's the uh, it's it's one of the messages that I think is not strong in in Germany, and it's 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 not strong among you know women talking to each other. Yeah, I mean conversations around finance. I also noticed that it only started quite late in in my twenties, to be honest. That yeah. I was trying to push even my friends to start mm -hmm. talking about finance and take it much more serious yes. than I have ever taken it before, just because. I mean, from like an upbringing um, aspect, I was not so much exposed yep. to different methods to invest or even exactly. think about how to save money, right? And that, that you first start with this cushion as you're talking about mm -hmm. that you should have your um, emergency little buffer that you always want to have and then you start investing. I don't know what to put it in and they rely a lot on, I don't know, um, some personal, some personal uh, information that they get via friends maybe or via mm -hmm. their parents which is not yep. always the most unbiased um, information of course one can get so it's yep. there's a lot to do I think yeah now, yeah absolutely <laughs> talking a little bit more about dissolution how can fintechs like Finmarie that design specific financial solutions for women be used to help build the confidence and the knowledge gap to get rich <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and and I always say like getting rich. Uh, it's a it's it's a it's a long it's a long haul. It's it's a long journey. <laughs> you know, you don't get yeah. rich quickly um, in this way, but you do you do get uh, get rich eventually. So like I you know get rich later. Get, get rich <laughs> But uh, the I I think that the the reason that fintech can address this is because 
because fintech is uh, is generally um, embedded in small enough organizations um, that you can take risks, that you can iterate, that you can listen uh, to customers and then implement immediately um, what it is that um, they're asking you and um, and what it is that um, your your research is telling you. So so if you're a large organization, it's 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 like moving the Titanic. It's much harder to to move in any particular direction and speaking to a market in a really transparent uh, and uh, and meaningful way um, becomes really difficult for uh, for larger organizations. And one of the things that we've found is that if you are delivering uh, tooling that is gender neutral, then you are delivering tooling that is that is not tuned to women uh, because they don't um, they don't react to quote quote gender neutral uh, tooling um, as if it's gender neutral. Um, the, uh, a lot of the women that I have spoken with, um, have said, you know, I've, I've gone to trading platforms, I've signed up, I look around and I leave <laughs> because, yeah. because, you know, they, they don't, um, they don't get the welcome that, uh, that they want and need, um, in order to even get started. Um, and so, you know, women are extremely busy and, and so, uh, a lot of the ones that, uh, that I've talked to have said, okay, well, you know, I tried once. It didn't feel right to me, and mm. I walked out the door, and I haven't been back since. Yeah, and I think wow. that's that's where, where that's where fintech can uh, can help. I mean, we can we can put out uh, the welcome mat, and we can make a nicer uh, a nicer entry, and and you know. Um, actually welcome people in and say no you really you you are uh you are the one that we want to talk to you are the one yeah. um, who we want to um to help and so uh that's that's messaging that i think is uh easier for smaller organizations to do and and easier to for example if you're tuning uh your marketing, if you're tuning your tooling uh, to to this group, then then you can do a much better job at voice. Totally, I think that uh, fintech. I mean, in general, they always address this. They have one thing in common: they're addressing this problem of trying to refuse the obfuscation conflict of interest and information asymmetry, right? That's often associated with these very archaic uh, financial services and transactions, and it really is amazing to see that they foster transparency they have a much better um playing field in the sense that they get to their yeah. customers much closer like they really form a different relationship through technology than what we've seen traditionally through people and of course these people in banks traditionally used to be mostly men and now that is really really changing so it's, it's that's a great i think a great uh, development that we can really really be happy to observe absolutely absolutely and i think i think that's what fintechs can bring is um these uh these messages to niche markets or products mm -hmm. to niche markets which um these are these are markets that uh, the larger businesses can't necessarily explore for various reasons so can you like walk me through an example of what uh, finmarie would offer me if i would walk mm -hmm. into your door tomorrow and would be looking for a cost-efficient and transparent investing solution. What would you oh, tell yeah. me? Well, I mean, one of the first things that, that we can offer you is, is is just a conversation. I mean, and and of course, any bank can do that. But um, are you 
Are, are you walking into the bank? Are you sitting across a long desk from a person who is presumably uh, wearing a suit and sitting at um, a laptop and uh, you know writing uh, writing notes about your situation? Or are you talking to somebody who who looks and speaks um, rather like you do? Um, the 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 first part of it is um, can you uh, can you understand who it is you're talking to and um, and see yourself somehow in that person and mm-hmm. um, and understand that this is a person that uh, that you can trust um, the in, in in some cases people people can do that with their banks and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that <laughs> but I think that one of the things that we've seen um, within Marie is that uh, we we have attracted both um, women and men uh, who have gotten, um, recommendations from others. I mean, that's that's one of the things that has uh, been a real strength for our business over the years is that is that people are really happy with their um, with their experience and they recommend it to everybody they know, including the men in their lives. And and so uh, everything from you know uh, coming in the door and um, and having a conversation with um, one of our staff members, like uh, we have a you know you can have a fifteen minute conversation or an hour and a half, whatever suits you, um, or you you can just uh, you can dive into uh, the the tooling that we have, and and of course we're expanding that, and we'll have more next year. But the uh, I think the the first part of it is just developing that trust, um, and. Yeah. Some of the way in which we develop trust is that, um, that you know, we just happen to be uh, people who are are very passionate about the the topic area in general. So, for example, um, being a part of Mind the Gap and you know doing a lot of um, events uh, that are around uh, financial education um, gives you gives you some street cred, you know. Uh, so people people will come to us just because our our, our CEO uh, Carolina Decker is. Is, is somebody that they've seen, um, who they've heard of, who um, mm. who speaks uh, transparently about um, about the topics they're interested in, and um, isn't isn't using um, a lot of uh, language that would suggest that she's recommending something because she's getting a kickback from it, but rather <laughs> rather that um, you know she she understands uh, the financial position that people are in and um, wants to wants to help. So I mean. I think that is the feeling that we will continue as we grow and develop. Um, I think that, for example, not everybody uh, can just have like a 90 minute conversation with Carolina. She doesn't have that many minutes in the day, (laughs) but as we, as we scale and grow, um, we want to, we want to continue having uh, a trustworthy and transparent uh, conversation as people come in and asking the right questions and you know um, making sure that um, they uh, they they feel like okay you're, you're you're listening to what my goals are what my uh, what my worries are and um, and understanding where I want to go which in in many cases uh, for women that can be very different from you know the path of um, of men who come to for example a trading platform you know maybe they they just want to play the game <laughs> maybe they want to make some money a lot of times women will come to us and say I want to build a future for my family yeah kind of organization. yeah 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 no that makes a lot of sense to me and I would be happy to walk into <laughs> your branch at any time if they go when, when you when you open one at some point of time um oh that I have to cut on sorry <laughs> um but to continue 
um, we can see that fintech is not only a really interesting space when it comes to business growth. I mean, now, especially with the pandemic, um, even the Germans have to get rid of their good old uh, cash is king mantra. And it seems that a lot of more people are moving digital. We can see that uh, from some market research, um, global fintech global fintech market was already worth like 137 billion in 2018. And now until 2022 was predicted to have an annual growth rate of 25%. That's quite impressive. What are the biggest opportunities and risks for fintechs of the future? What does it take to thrive in this very competitive market? It's an interesting question because you're asking about the future and isn't it uh, isn't it funny that like we all want to know about the future but like it's it's really difficult to predict the future I, I think you know it's it's difficult even predicting what the weather next week is going to be much less yeah. much less the future <laughs> but that said you know I think um, I think that um, some of the interesting areas coming up are going to be in, uh, for example, sustainable uh, funds and sustainable um, uh, investing, uh, because yeah. uh, there is there's not a lot of transparency for people in what sustainable investing really is, um, and and for that matter, um, what uh, what the regulatory environment will be in the future, um, as far as clarifying uh, what your sustainable investment. Uh, is really getting you um, mm. as far as, as as you know as far as your goal of saving the world and doing well for yourself. You know, I I could I could um, I could say that 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 could be even considered like an emerging market where it's like it's like there's a lot of questions there. I mean, there's opportunity, but um, it's not it's not a sure bet. Um, that any given fund that you invest in in sustainable is is going to be uh, is going to be profitable um, and is is going to actually make uh, a good impact for uh, for you know the the issues that you want to impact. Um, the uh, the other one that I would say is um, I think there's. A, a lot of interest right now in NFTs. You'll you'll notice that mm -hmm. the word of the year, I think, was NFT. Um, you know, crypto is is an interesting area for people, and of yeah. course, um, there is a lot of discussion around it. But um, one of the one of the problems with that area again is um, is regulation and compliance. Nobody um, has a clear answer on. Uh, how things are going to be taxed. You know, I have I have friends who are you know selling NFTs, but uh, they've had like three or four different answers on like um, what their tax <laughs> obligation at the end of the year will be, because nobody knows. It's it's new. Yeah. And and the other yeah, and the regulator of, also doesn't know. I mean, that's that's the point. They have a the hard, like, it feels like they have a have yeah. a hard time to understand and put a. Yeah. You can't put it in a box, right? That's that's really the yeah. challenge. I think it is so diverse that you can't have this one size fits all, even from a regulatory perspective. It's not possible to put it around. Absolutely, and and you can't predict the future, so you don't yeah. know. Is China going to say just no? <laughs> and and then how does that impact your investments if you if you go in that route? I mean, it, it, it at this point it really is um, as um, as risky as going down to the track and putting money on horses. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so, you know, they and and especially if people are like borrowing money then to put it into cryptocurrencies, that's that's particularly dangerous because uh, because, of course, you know, there's uh, the power of uh, compound interest. The opposite of that, of course, is is compound debt, you know, compound <laughs> compound loss. <laughs> and so uh, but, you know, as far as uh, as far as fintechs go, I think we have the same concerns, you know, like what is the regulatory environment going to be like for uh, for our businesses in, in the coming years? Right now, um, the uh, European uh, standard uh, for, for example, robo advisory um, is, uh, you know, it's it's fine. Um, the, uh, the the robo advisors really need third party oversight, but the government isn't going to do a lot to regulate it at the moment because it's not considered a threat to the global markets. Um, mm. But um, if if that sector becomes larger, then it potentially does become a threat to global markets. So there there are there are a lot of questions, um, and and one of the things about fintechs is that they kind of push the envelope. They're kind of pushing things forward. And whenever you push things forward, um, the regulatory environment lags behind. Having heard about your success story with, with FinMarie, what are some of the recommendations that you would have for our community of listeners to become the fearless women in finance? Well, I mean, like, you know, you say fearless. I, I, I would say fake it till you make it. I mean, you have to. Like, <laughs> it comes back to confidence because, like, some days you have it, some days you don't, right? Um, but I think you know one of one of the things that I would say as just a personal tip is um, is that you have to make that identity kind of part of your personality. So I'll tell you a story of like um, years ago when I was in my 20s, um, I was I was like I was zero athletic, just not at all. It was not yeah. part of my identity. And um, and I started, you know, I started running. I started I started biking. I I over the years, um, I noticed that I was becoming more and more sporty because it, uh, it was really um, doing good things for my life. Um, but, you know, it wasn't until I was like, I, I'm in my 40s now, it wasn't until I was in my early 40s. And um, one of my friends, you know, said, Oh, well, you know, you're an athlete. And, and I said, No, I'm not an athlete. <laughs> and mm. they said, actually, you know, you do marathons, you run 5Ks every weekend, you, you know, you've, you've cycled 150 miles, you know, the, the other, the other month, um, you can probably consider yourself athletic at a certain point. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, our, our definitions of ourself need yeah. to, again, need to be kind of leading, um, in a way. So, so I probably should have claimed the athletic part of myself years ago. Um, and I think it would have changed my relationship to, um, to the sport I did because it's like, oh, well, of course I do sport. I'm athletic. <laughs> I think in the same way, I would say who want to, um, to really uh, make uh, financial savvy a part of their lives yeah. to make, you know, I'm a, um, I'm a smart business lady, you know, like I'm, I'm a financially savvy woman. And we get back know? to the, to the run first, right? And I you must need to, say, I use them and they work. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, 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 as you say, like, I used to hate this sentence, fake it till you make it, but you're the second person on the show that is saying that to me. Yeah. And I 
kind of started to incorporate it myself because there is no other way. If you are especially a curious person that wants to make an impact and that wants to build your own identity, to build your own career, that's the only way to go because there's so many uncertainties that you just have to trust yourself that you will find the right pieces and puzzle them together. And it's not about being arrogant. I always say like confidence does not equal arrogance. Confidence means that you build up the courage to go into a situation that you haven't been in before and that you just also say, hey, I just really don't know. That's confident. Absolutely. And if you don't think everybody else isn't doing that, you know, you're, you're deluding yourself. <laughs> it's because we all, um, we all are born blank slates, right? Um, and, and we need to, we need to learn things. We need to acquire skills. If you didn't acquire those skills in childhood, you yeah. can get them when you're an adult, you know, you are not a formed, uh, fully formed being and can, you can change into whatever you want to be, honestly. Um, and so, uh, you know, commit to being uh, financially savvy. That should be part of your personality. Any insights from your startup journey for the future women change makers that want to make the world a better place with finance? Mm. Insights from the startup journey. I, you know, I would say, I would say there, there is a thread here in, in confidence um, because, because one of the things that I've discovered about startups is that um, in order to, uh, in order to create a startup, in order to create anything really, um, even if you're just uh, putting together uh, an amazing party, <laughs> whatever it is that you're creating, uh, you, you have to be the first believer. Yeah. Uh, and once you are the first believer and you convince yourself of it, then you can start convincing other people of it. Um, and once you have convinced other people of it, you'll be surprised at how fast the thing grows and how fast the, the passion catches. You know, everybody, everybody uh, at a party doesn't want to be the person who's the first one out there dancing, but somebody yeah. has to be that person. So if you can, if you can, you know, mm -hmm. sum up your courage and your confidence and, you know, be the first dancer, bring in the second dancer, bring in the third dancer before you know it, you, ha you have um, something that is, uh, that is something that everybody else wants to be at, what everybody else wants to be a part of. And so uh, I would say, uh, you I know, like that. be the first mover. It's, it's, it's tough, <laughs> but it's yeah. rewarding. It's rewarding. And maybe we should rephrase this like a first mover advantage to the first dancer advantage. I think yeah, that would first be a great advantage. I think the first dancer has, has a lot of courage and it really takes until you get to, you know, like five or 10 before it starts. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now it starts being something, but you know, you could be dancing by yourself for a while. <laughs> and, and if you have enough confidence, then you can make it through that period. That was a great insight. I really enjoyed this. Um, thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, like, that's really amazing. Um, when our listeners want to reach out to Finmarie, where can we find you? Well, we are very easy to Google, just uh, finmarie.com. And, uh, and of course, you know, connect with me on LinkedIn. Happy to, happy to connect with new and interesting people, um, especially people who would be listening to your podcast, I feel would be the most interesting people. Um, and yeah, absolutely. We, uh, we are available all throughout Europe and, and then hopefully, um, hopefully in time, we will be able to go global. So. Wow. That's an amazing endeavor. I wish you all the best for that. That's a great, great, great adventure. I think going forward. Thank you so much. And, and this has been such a pleasure and, uh, I, I hope that your listeners really enjoy it as well.